Thanks for checking out this message from River Valley Church in Boise, Idaho. We hope that it encourages you and inspires you. For more messages like this, make sure to check out our podcast. And for more content from River Valley, go to our website, rivervalleyboise.com. Enjoy this message. Amen. My privilege. Love you. Thank you. Thank you. No, it's not enough. Um, no, I, I, I shouldn't joke around. Um, ditto, um, Pastor. Um, what a what a what a privilege and um, and you know I, I I really cherish this relationship I, I cherish the relationship with you um, so I, I see some new faces today and hopefully today we can get acquainted and um, it's like we I, I tell people to come over to my house or to my church so the first time you're a guest and the second time you're family um, so today um, uh, you know maybe coming in and we're meet, we're meeting I'm your guest today. Um, but after day, today, hopefully when we leave, you, it feels a little bit more like family. But what a privilege it is to get to do life together. And um, I, I, would, I would ask, but I'm just going to do this if, um, I'm not going to say if it's okay, because I'm going to do it, and then he'll tell me after if it wasn't okay. Um, uh, so Pastor Tim, the Lord has actually given me a word. Before I get into the sermon, I don't, I don't want to miss this. Um, you know, in, in Luke chapter 10, uh, 5, um, uh, Peter and the boys were out fishing, and they were fishing all night long, and, uh, and they were unsuccessful. Uh, and then Jesus comes along after their night of fishing, and, and he says, cast your boat out into the deep and throw your net on the other side. Um, and, you know, Peter's response is actually, you know, love Peter, right? He's the, he's the guy who one minute is saying, but you're the Christ, and everything's awesome, and the next minute... Jesus is saying, get behind me, Satan. Uh, but he, Peter's having a good moment, uh, and, and Jesus says, you know, cast the net on, on the other side. And Peter says, but Lord, we've been doing this all night. But, the, but this phrase, but nevertheless, at your word, I will do it. And after he responds to the word of God, he has an enormous catch. And in fact, such a catch that it says that the nets begin to break and the boat begins to sink, and, uh, and then it was at that point that, that Peter was reaffirmed uh, one more time in, uh, I believe, one of the initial times um, in the identity of Christ and the authority of Christ, um, and, then, and then, and it's about that same time that, um, that Jesus promises him that says, you, you fish for fish, but I'm going to make you a fisher of men, um, and uh, the, the word of the Lord, Pastor Tim, uh, for you and for this church, is that because you have had a nevertheless heart for the word of God, uh, the Lord is bringing you, you into a season of a greater catch than what you've ever known. And, and there are times, and I believe that this is a, a multifaceted word for some of you, there are times where you feel like we've been doing this for so long, but we've tried this. You ever feel like that? Jason, but we've tried this, and we've been doing this, and we've been doing it. I'm not just trying to pick on you, but I know what it's like to be the associate guy. So, um, but we've been trying this, and we've been doing this for a long time, and, 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 and doing something that seems to be fruitful, but all it takes is a word from the Lord, and your response to the word from the Lord will change everything, and a a, a huge catch is coming, Pastor Tim, when you have the heart that says, and River Valley Church, when you have the heart, when the Lord speaks to you, when your response to him is, 
nevertheless, at your word, I will. The Lord is going to bless you, and you're going to reap a huge harvest. So that's the word of the Lord for you today. Uh, Amen. I'm going to go home now. Um, uh, If you have your Bible with me, or your phone, or your iPad, or however you do it, would you... um, uh, would you open your Bible to two places, John chapter 8 and Matthew chapter 5? It's so funny. Um, in, our, in our church, you know, my, my pastor always says a quiet church is a dead church, so just let me, I, you, you're already talking to me, so let me just encourage you. You can keep talking, keep being loud. Um, pastor Tim experienced when he was with us a couple weeks ago uh, that when we open the Bible and when whoever's speaking says, open your Bibles to Matthew whatever, um, I don't know how it started, but sometime years ago, someone would go, woohoo! <laughs> and now, every time you, you tell the church to open their Bible, the response from the church is, woohoo! And, and it gets to be lively. And I think we scared him last time he came. Um, so when I come to preach and I, and I say, open your Bibles to Matthew chapter 5, and it's quiet, there's a reason why I pause. It's because I'm so used to the woohoo, and then we laugh, and it's funny, and the new people go, you're so weird. Um, uh, but then we just say, you know, it's just because we're excited about the Word of God. So, uh, so John chapter 8, you don't have to keep doing it after I leave. <laughs> Tim's going to be like, oh man, what'd you do to us? John chapter 8, uh, I want to talk about the light for the world. And this has been on my heart for a while uh, for you, and uh, listening to your guys' sermon series, and I know you guys finished 21 Days of Prayer last week, and we just finished this morning. It was our last day. We're a week behind, because we're just waiting to see how good you do, and then we'll follow your suit. Um, uh, But this this word has been on my heart for you for a while, Um, the light for the world. John 8, Then Jesus spoke to them, saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. I want to emphasize this word, have the light of life. In Matthew 5, this verse is like it, but I want to read it uh, in the New Living Translation. and, And Jesus speaking says, you are the light of the world. Like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden, no one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see, so that everyone, say everyone, everyone will praise your heavenly Father. And I just... Uh, I want to pray, but before I do, I want to just make the statement is that you and I were made and saved to be the light of the world. Jesus said, I am the light, and then he turned to his disciples later, and he said, you are the light. You were made and saved to be a light. Let's pray. Father, uh, just praise you for this church family. Lord, I'm so grateful to be here today, and Lord, I, I just pray for my uh, friends, my extended church family. God, that you, uh, your spirit is already here. You're already working in us. But Lord, that you would change and transform the areas in our lives that needs to be changed and transformed. God, that you would do the supernatural work that only you can do. But Lord, my prayer is that today, when we leave this place, that we would look a little more like you. That we would reflect you a little bit more. Lord, our light can only be the light for the world as if our light is a reflection of you. 
So Lord, I just pray that you'd be in this time. In Jesus' name, amen. One of my favorite passages uh, isn't Colossians. I, should, I say favorite. The whole Bible is my favorite. So whatever I'm reading this week, I say favorite. And then my team's like, but you said the other last week was your favorite. Well, it's my favorite today. Uh, but no, this really is one of them. And I'll tell you a story in just a moment. Colossians 1 verse 27 says, to them, God willed to make known what are the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles. Any Gentiles in the room? Okay, me too, us too. Um, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Now, what does this mean, the hope of glory? Now, I, I uh, grew up uh, in a fairly conservative church, um, and drums and all that, none of that was accepted. Tuning harp was the only instrument that we had. Um, and um, and uh, the, the seats were way less comfortable with, than this. Uh, my mom's here, so she's laughing at all this. Um, uh, and I remember that. But then I remember when I met my wife, Heidi, and uh, he who finds a wife finds a good thing. Um, I met my wife, and she invited me to this charismatic church. Actually, no, they, weren't, they were Pentecostal. Um, and I remember coming to that, to that service, and it was crazy, and it was weird, and people were talking about the glory of God, and I almost did it to Chris earlier. I, the ladies would grab their hanky, and they would go, glory, when the preaching was good, and you can do that for Pastor Tim after I leave. I know he'll really, he'll really appreciate it, uh, kind of like the woohoo when he tells you to, to open your Bible. I'm setting you up good. Um, but I was always confused. What does that mean? And I had this um, teaching that I don't think was taught, but it was more just assumed on my part that the glory of God had something to do with an experience, that it had something to do with the service. Like if the worship team was really good, glory. I'm not saying that's wrong. But that's what my understanding was. Um, and, then, um, and then I would, went to a couple youth conferences, and I would, you know, um, had a great time, and man, God just blasted people. The Holy Spirit was there, and people came out, and just their lives were getting changed. I'm like, ah, oh, that is glory. Uh, and then I remember um, sometime later, uh, I was reading about Moses, and Moses uh, was talking to God face-to-face, -face, and God makes a promise to Moses, and the Moses response is, show me your glory. Moses was asking for something a little bit more. He was asking for something. I mean, God was already there, right? He's already talking to God, and he says, show me your glory. And you can go back, and you can look at that encounter. Well, anyway, I was reading that, and I was like, okay, what does this mean? And one day, I'm standing uh, in a worship service, and I'm in the front row, which was, has always been my habit from since early on, because I figured if I'm going to go after Jesus, I want to get there first, so I always sit in the front row, young people, just saying. Um, and, and I'm in the front row, and I'm sitting there, and I'm having this moment, and I think I'm being spiritual. I think I'm being spiritual, and I say, God, show me your glory. And I'm not sure if it was an audible voice or not. But it was that clear, the Lord said, turn around. And I'm, is that you? 
And I turn around, and immediately I see the congregation standing behind me, worshiping God. And, and, and at the time, we were in a movie theater, and the rows went all the way up, and I looked, and, and the Lord just dropped in my spirit. This is where my glory is revealed. And it was at that moment that I had a shift in my thinking about how God reveals his glory. And I had a shift in my thinking also about the whole interaction between the worshipers of God and God's glory, um, and, but especially the church. In fact, it was at that point that God sunk into my spirit, local church, and, and the identity of who the body of Christ is supposed to be. And then it was, it was not long after that that God began to just develop in me this desire. I never wanted to be a pastor. In fact, I told my pastor I would never be a pastor. Don't ever say never to God. Um, and, but it was after that point that, that God began to, to really change the way I thought about who the body of Christ is supposed to be. And it's this revealing. Where will the world see the glory of God. Now, I do believe in worship, you can experience the glory of God. What is the glory of God? I believe it's the revealing of God, the magnificence of God, the awesomeness of God. And like this morning when the worship team, they hosted us right into an encounter, and if your heart was open, you experienced some, you had some revealing of God. And then, and then a prophetic word was shared up there, and I got a little bit of that, and, and that was the revealing of God, and that's some glory of God. And not to diminish those camp encounters and those moments and those worships, and, because those are all part of it, but church, I would say, that we need to understand God's intent for how his glory is to be revealed on the planet. Because if we are sitting in the, in the recipient, the receiving side, expecting God's glory to come, we are missing the mission that God has called us to. Okay. I gave away a little bit of the punchline, and you didn't amen, so I'm going to just keep going until you get it. So his glory isn't revealed in a temple made by men. Okay? In the Old Testament, if you wanted to be in the manifest presence of God, if you wanted to encounter God, I mean, there were times where God showed up, like with Moses, but God, God had man build a temple, and God would show up there, and the priests would 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 do things a specific way in order to come into the, into the presence of God. And back then, um, only one person once a year actually got to come into the manifest presence of God. One person. And they like had to win the lottery to go. <laughs> Serious, not a joke. They actually had to, like their lot had to be drawn in order to go. Um, come on, church, L- look at us now. Thousands of years later, um, and you don't even work nearly as hard as those guys did, and, and you get to be in the presence of God in a, in a church service. But God's design of the temple, of the tabernacle, was simply a foreshadow 
of the end game, and the end game was that the glory of God would no longer reside in a building, but it would reside in his people. And so when Jesus says, I am the light of the world, and then he turns to the disciples and says, you are the light of the world, he's saying, the glory of God gets revealed through you. Now that should make you excited and terrified at the same time. Because the same God in the Old Testament, people would fall down dead if they weren't prepared and ready. And, and there's an example in the New Testament, and I shouldn't talk about that because then you're going to be like, this church is way too serious for me. Don't worry, it's just me. The nice pastor will be up next week. <laughs> God has not changed yesterday, today, and tomorrow. He's still holy, and we should still fear and revere. But to those, but, but listen, but to those who know Jesus... We understand the weight and the privilege, the honor of being carriers of the glory of God. That we get to partner with God in revealing his glory on the planet. And you might say, sounds good. How? Don't you know what I did yesterday? Don't you know what I'm really like? And I was... I, I, I was um, Praying about this this morning, and God began kind of stirring it up, and, and then this morning during worship, it was just set up so perfect by the Holy Spirit. Um, but you know, um, you know, I believe there's specific folks here, but it's not just you. Listen, this, is, this is all of us at one point or another where we just feel like we're just like, how could I ever be worthy? How could I ever be good enough? But what about the times where I didn't show the glory of God? Uh, you know, Heidi, my wife, and I, and uh, she apologized she couldn't be with you today. Um, we're dealing with some health stuff, but she's praying for you today. Um, but we, early on in our, in our marriage, um, we wrote a vision statement for our marriage. And one of the things in our vision statement was to uh, have our marriage be a reflection of the character and nature of God. I mean, that's, it's biblical, and so we wrote it. Um, um, but then, but then after that, we would, we would sometimes serious and sometimes, or most, some, most of the time joke, sometimes serious and it wasn't very funny. We would, we, would say, we would say, wow, honey, that was like Jesus. And then other times, that was not Jesus. And now today with my son, who's 13, we have this statement, we'll, something will be said or done, we'll be like, whoa, that's not Jesus. And then there's other times like, buddy, oh man, that, dude, that sounded like Pastor Tim, you sounded like Jesus. So we do that in our home sometimes. Um, and it's always better when you hear that sounded like Jesus than that's not Jesus. Uh, and so my church has kind of come to hear that for me sometimes where I'll say, oh, that wasn't the Holy Spirit. Uh, especially when I try to be funny or tell a joke. But how, how do we do that? In Ephesians 5, chapter 8. And I want to just walk you through a couple things is it really 11, 12? Okay. I don't even know that, how that happened. Uh, Ephesians 5 says, For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the world. Walk as children of light. In parentheses in the New, Living, or New King James says, For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. 
finding out what is acceptable to the Lord, and have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness. Rather, expose them, for it is shameful even to speak of those things which are done by them in secret. But all things that are exposed are made manifest by the light, for whatever makes manifest is light. Therefore, he says, awake, you who sleep, arise from the dead, and Christ will give you Light. Now, let me just give you the quick Idaho. I'm from Homedale. I've got to make, keep it simple. Um, how do we reflect God? Follow him. How do I know how to do it? Now, I, I, there's just something in me, again, and I don't think it was taught. I think it was more of an assumption. But I grew up thinking that being a Christian was all about I had to try to act like a Christian. Anybody try to act like a Christian? How's that work for you? That's not Jesus. Yeah, exactly. And I spent so much time trying to act like Jesus. Jesus didn't come to put bondage and weight on you. In fact, he says that his yoke is easy and his burden is light. Um, Following him, listen, when we look at him and follow his example... And we, and Pastor Tim last week talked about love, and when, when we experience his love, it is so much easier to give his kind of love when we experience it for ourselves. And listen, if we would focus on, on getting Jesus in, then Jesus coming out just is a natural byproduct. But it's when we try to put on a form of godliness that lacks the power, that lacks the authenticity, then it's not Jesus. It just is a, it's just religion, and it's just something else. Listen, the, the way we begin, and, and this is the part that I always struggled with. Where do I start? Where do I start? How can I even begin to, like, do what this says and to, and to be the light of the world? Where do I even start? It starts by just following him today. And it starts with following him in the things that he le- is leading you in now. Sometimes we, we want to, we want to start following Jesus today and graduate Bible college tomorrow. It doesn't work that way. Even when you graduate Bible college, you probably have more work to do now after you're done, right? But it begins with following him in the things he wants to shine light in today. And this, and this verse basically is saying this. It says, when light shines on it, it makes darkness manifest. When light shines in certain areas of your life, it becomes obvious, right? I mean, you, you go into the closet at home and you shine on the light and all of a sudden your mess on the floor becomes evident. Oh man, really? Ugh. Or hopefully no cockroaches or anything, but the cockroaches become evident when the light comes on. And ever notice how the cockroaches run when the light comes on? Listen, things, things, that are, things that live in the darkness don't like the light. And, and when you follow Jesus, he just has a natural way of shining the light on. And when he shines the light, when the dark becomes manifest, then you deal with the things that come to the surface. And then after, it's illuminated. And then you move on. And see, the enemy wants you to dwell on the past and dwell on those things that that Jesus illuminates. And Jesus wants to illuminate it so he can set you free. So he can can let you move on from it. 
And here's the thing, in your own life, when, you are, when you're looking at him, his light will, will cause the things that aren't like him to be exposed so that you can deal with them. And here's, here's the greater news, is that as that happens in your life, your life will not naturally contrast with the world out there. And you don't have to hold a picket sign. And you don't have to be critical. And you don't have to be judgmental. And you don't have to look down. And you don't even have to tell sinners that they're sinners. Because when the light is made manifest within you, it is clearly in contrast to the dark. Look at the world out there right now. There's a lot of darkness. There's a lot of things. What the world needs now is to see a better way. They need to see a brighter way. They need, the, world, the world needs to see the light. Well, the only way the world is going to see the light, listen, they're not going to come to your house and pick up your Bible and read it and they'll suddenly go, oh, no, they're reading you. They're reading me. They're looking at our lives. And the only way the world will be able to see the light and have the dark become made manifest is when they see a contrast in you. Do you know someone like that, though, who's a light person? Where you just get around them and it just, you wanna be around them, but sometimes it's like, man, you just, you're so positive, you just make me look like Eeyore. You know, I was like Tigger and Eeyore, Winnie the Pooh, you guys wouldn't, okay. Um, you, you know, or, or that person whose faith is just like, man, they're just so filled with faith, and when you're around them, you just go, whoa, wow, I, I could come up. Well, see, God is intended to have. The light in our lives cause other things to come up. And see, the world, the enemy, wants to dim you down and to tell you that if you're causing a contrast, you're, you're being wrong or you're being politically incorrect or, you're, or, or whatever those lies of the enemy are. But the, the truth is the world is looking for something and they're just waiting for you to contrast. And can I just throw in a side note, and I, I know I need to wrap here, because um, I, I want to give you some discussion. But, you know, we can be different without being weird. And I tell my church all the time, listen, if you're a weird Christian, you're weird before you're a Christian. Um, Jesus didn't make you weird. The Holy Spirit didn't make you weird. Sorry if I, that's going to help somebody here. Um, <laughs> But listen, but just being different, listen, the, there is so much of a lack of hope. There is so much heaviness. And, and after, after all this COVID mess and political mess of the last two years, listen, the contrast between light and dark in the world, you don't have to look hard to see it. It should be a pretty easy thing for the church to stand out just simply because we are not like that. And you don't, even have to, you don't even have to be condemning or critical of the things of the world. And by the way, I don't ever know a sinner who stopped being a sinner because someone told them they were a sinner. In my own life, I, I, I stopped being a sinner because I, I knew I was a sinner. No one had to tell me, but I knew I needed an answer. And when I saw the answer, I went to the light. And see, you need to, we need to demonstrate the light so the world will want something to, uh, to attain to. They'll, they'll want to come out of their dark spot to go to that. And so uh, that, was, that was all point number one. Um, 
the, the next would be um, we, let, we need to let his work in us shine out. And see, sometimes, and, I, and I, again, I want to hit on this because I feel like there's this, this, this thing in us, and I, it's a little bit of bondage and deception, is that we think that we have to perform in order to get God's approval, or we have to perform in order to look like something. Listen, as you let Jesus work in your life, the fruit of him being in your life, John 15, abide in me. If you abide in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. But see, when, when Jesus is just simply abiding and we're abiding in him and, we're, and he's just, you're just letting him work on you, you don't have to preach it because your preaching will be lived out loud. A friend of mine used to say, um, preach without ceasing and use words when necessary. See, just the natural effect of God just producing good stuff in you will become your message. We're to live the gospel as a living sermon, more than just having words. And by the way, I believe that the turnoff historically from the world toward the church has been the world trying to preach a message that they're not living. You don't have to amen, it's still true. 2 Corinthians 3, 16 says, Nevertheless, when one turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty, freedom. Yes, all those, you can say all those things. There is liberty. But we all, with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being, listen to this, are being transformed into the same image. From glory to glory. Another way, the Joe translation, from revealing to revealing. Being transformed. Put this in simple terms, is basically when we are looking at Jesus as in a mirror, the more we look at him, the more we look to him, the more reflection we get. Moses would come off of the mountain after being in the presence of the Lord, and he'd have to put a veil on. The scripture is talking about that thing, same thing. The veil would be lifted in the presence, and then he would come out, and the veil would come down because the people couldn't handle that. Well, listen, because of Christ, the veil's lifted. And we can be in the presence of God so that that glow, that shine, will actually come out of our lives. And, and here's the best thing. He doesn't expect you to look exactly like him today. He's moving you from glory to glory, from revealing to revealing. You know, you can be effective in changing the world around you today, even if you just got a little light. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Well, here's the thing about your little light. Your little light, if you're in Christ, is the Holy Spirit. And there is nothing little about him. And even if you only have an area, it's like, oh, I've got all this stuff i got to work on. It's okay. He can use the area that he is working in now to make a difference in the world around you. You don't have to wait. And there's, there's this, this deception, again, church, that you have to wait until you achieve this level of godliness and holiness. And here's the problem. The moment you think you've arrived, you haven't. In fact, that probably reveals that you have more work to do. And then finally, finally, I believe, church, that we are to purpose 
We are to purpose to reveal His glory. Purpose means to be intentional, to not be shy about it, to be intentional. Listen, if, if you and I have the honor and the privilege of partnering with Him and being the light of the world, who am I? to put it under a bushel? Who am I to cover it? Who am I to withhold it? And, and in fact, in fact, church, I believe the change in our community happens when we take responsibility for, in some cases, you may be the only glory that your neighbor will ever see. You may be the only Jesus that your classmates ever get a glimpse of. You may be the only one. If God sends you to a foreign land, and you may, maybe you go to a place where the gospel has never been preached, and that, that happens. I have some friends right now that are in a, in an un, with an unreached people group, and they're living it every day. But here's the thing. You don't have to go to Africa or the Middle East or another country to, to, reach, to be around unreached people. They're in your school. They're in your workplace. And today, you could purpose to be the light. I want to end on this thought. Pastor Tim last week was talking about atmosphere, and, and we discussed this a lot with, with our group and um, about what, we, what kind of atmosphere we produce. Um, and, you know, we've... I've had this, this saying that my, my team is probably sick and tired of hearing. Um, that you have a choice. You could be a thermometer, which a thermometer simply responds to the environment around it, or a thermostat, which sets the environment, which sets it. And see, with us being carriers of the glory of God, we have a choice. We can, we can, we can conform to the pattern or to the environment of where we go, or we can understand that the spirit of the living God resides in you. And therefore, wherever you go, we should have this attitude that darkness has to flee, that the environment has to bow, that the, the things and the ways of the world get to come under what you carry as opposed to you conforming. And see, the enemy would love for you to conform, but if you conform, you are just simply putting the bushel over the light. And I'm not saying be a weird or obnoxious. I'm just simply saying you don't have to conform when you understand that you carry what the world needs. And if we purpose in our hearts to bring to the world that needs what you have, now suddenly my role has changed. Walking into a room and you can just feel the negativity. You have a choice. Thermometer, or thermostat. Thanks again for listening to this message. Do you know someone who'd be blessed by it? Make sure to share it with them this week.